This is Solid Foundation Ministries with Dr. Pierre Couvert, building solid foundations through sound Bible teaching. Good morning and welcome back to Solid Foundation Ministries. I'm recording this broadcast on Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, and you'll be listening to it on Saturday the day, uh, after Thanksgiving. It will be a day of feasting for most of us. There will be turkey with all the trimmings, pies, and other desserts, and rejoicing with family for most of us. For some, however, it may be a time of loneliness uh, without the blessings we normally think of at this time of the year. For others, there may be an empty chair of some loved one who has passed on. My heart goes out to those of you who may not feel thankful this year. I want to remind you that even those who are lonely, those who have lost loved ones, as Christians, we have much to be thankful for. In this message, I want to look at why we should be thankful on this special day. The feasting with family is good and is something to be thankful for. The trials and tribulations are, are also things to be thankful for if we are saved because God has allowed those things into our lives for good reason. I want to look at just a few of the passages in Scripture on Thanksgiving to show how thankful we should be as the children of God. First of all, we should be proclaiming our uh, thankfulness. In Psalm 26, verse 7, it says, that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all thy wondrous works. This word publish means to make new to others. When you publish a book, you put it out where others can get it and, and it's made known to them. Uh, and our God has done many, many wonderful works that we need to publish or make the world aware of. First of all, in creation. Look at what he did in creation. He spoke the whole universe into existence. I enjoy, and I've told you this before, sitting out on our back patio and uh, uh, having a cup of coffee with my wife and looking at the trees, watching the birds, and, and, and just marveling at God's creation. We need to be publishing the fact that God made all of this and that this evolutionary lie is just that, a lie. In our personal lives, we have a lot to be thankful for. Uh, think of salvation that was so freely given to us. I mean, that is a wonderful work of God. Only God could have saved a sinner from the consequences of his sin. And he has sent his son to pay our sin debt and to be a propitiation or a sufficient sacrifice to reconcile us to God, who is absolutely holy and cannot uh, abide uh, sin in his presence. As we proclaim his works, we're supposed to do it with thanksgiving. Listen to what it says in Psalms 69, verse 30. It says, I will praise the name of God with song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. God deserves our praise in everything and every way that we possibly can. It says we should praise his name in song. Even those of us who don't sing well should praise his name in song. We should enjoy singing songs of praise to our God. Even if it's not the highest quality of singing, God hears it through uh, the filter of something that's coming from his children, and we should praise him with song. To magnify means to make something larger and, and to show it in its full uh, strength and everything, and we should make his name great, magnify it 
with thanksgiving. We should be thanking God for everything in our lives. In Psalms 95 verse 2, it says, Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. We are to approach God correctly. We are to come before him with thanksgiving. I always start my prayer time thanking God for the things that he's done for me. And I'm sure many of you do the same thing, but we should come before him with thanksgiving, being thankful for those things that he has done for us and and done in our lives. Um, I mean, we should be thankful for our salvation. We should be thankful for our family. We should be thankful for the fact that we're still breathing. That's a a marvel of God that we can breathe this air and he's provided exactly what we need and everything. We should be thankful for everything uh, in our lives. It says we're to make a joyful noise unto him with songs. And I'm sorry, my voice is a little acting up this morning. At least it sounds like it to me. But we are to make a joyful noise. That means that as we sing these songs, we're not to be concerned whether or not is the most pleasant thing to the human ear. We're not to worry about whether we sang, uh, sing like Pavarotti or some other great singer. We are to make a joyful noise unto our God, and he deserves every bit of joyful noise we can make to him. And we should not only make it in private, we should make it in public. I think one of the most important parts of uh, of uh, our services in church is the singing. I know that the most important part is the preaching of the Word of God, but singing is an important part also for several reasons. One, it praises God. It lifts Him up before the, of those that are able to hear it, but it also prepares our heart for the message that's to come. You know, when I pastored in Bellingham, Washington, I was often amazed at how well the song leader chose songs that went with the message I was preaching, and I never told him what I was preaching. But the songs that he chose were almost always exactly what was needed to go with the message to prepare the hearts. So singing psalms to God, singing to God, singing our hymns and our spiritual songs, they're an important part of our lives. It's an important part of our thanksgiving. In Psalms 116, verse 17, it says, I will offer to thee a sacrifice of thanksgiving, and will call upon the name of the Lord. We are to offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Now, we don't often think of thanksgiving as a sacrifice, but this means that even when we're going through trials and tribulations, even when things aren't going well, even when we've lost a loved one, even when we're lonely because we feel like everybody has forgotten us, whatever the situation is, we're to offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving no matter the trial, no matter the uh, tribulation. And that is something that, that is, is difficult to do. It's a sacrifice to do that, but we should do it. Thankfulness in hard times will cause us to call upon his name. When we understand that the only reason we're going through the problems we're going through is because God knows that it's necessary to work out his plan in our lives and in the world. So we should be thankful for that and we should turn to him in, in times of trouble. You know, the, the the problem that a lot of us have as Christians is we make prayer and turning to God the last resort. Trials and tribulations make us turn to God, but it should be the first thing we do. We should be coming to him and saying, Lord, I got this thing in front of me. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how things are going to work out. 
I'm turning to you for guidance and help through this time of trouble that lies ahead of me or that I'm going through at this present time. We need to remember that he is able to sustain us through all the problems of life, no matter what happens. He, he doesn't keep us from the problems. He goes through the problems with us. He strengthens us through them, and he helps us to grow through the trials. Now, trials come for a variety of reasons. Sometimes they come because we need a good spanking. We're out of sorts with God. Uh, we often think that's the main reason, but it's not the main reason. That is a reason that should be relatively rare in our lives if we're trying to live for him. But sometimes he brings tribulations to grow our faith. Sometimes he brings tribulations for us to be an example to others. Sometimes he brings tribulations so we will learn how to help and comfort others when they go through trials. So we should be thankful for the trials that he sends us through. God doesn't let tribulation come into our lives for no reason whatsoever. There's always a reason for the tribulation coming into our lives. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 15 it says, For all things are for your sakes, that abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many rebound to the glory of God. When you put this verse in its context, Paul had been talking to the church there at Corinth of the sufferings that he'd gone through, the trials, the tribulations, the things that happened to him. But he understood that all these things were happening for their sake and for our sake. Here we are uh, nearly 2,000 years later and, and we're, we're reading the things that he says and, and they're there for our sake. And he went through that trouble, those trials, that he might get the gospel out to the world, that people might see the hand of God working through him and all of these things. He understood that. And he's telling them that, that uh, we should uh, be thankful because it will abound to the gr uh, glory of God. When we're thankful in tribulation, God is glorified. When we're thankful when we're going through trials, the world sees us. They see something different in us. And it, it says, what has he got that I don't have? Why can I not be thankful when I'm going through these tribulations? And it draws people to Christ when we're thankful in that. People see that we're not bothered by things like the world. I had a, a man I worked with one time come to me and, and make comments along that line and say, you know, you're not bothered by these things. You have these problems all the time, yet you're still happy and you're faithful to God. He was attracted to the thing that was different in me. I wish I could tell you the result was that he got saved, but I left the, that job shortly after that. But I know I had an impact on him because of the fact that I was thankful in the tribulations that I went through. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6, it says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. Folks, we're not supposed to worry about things. That word careful means to be full of care. And we're to be careful for nothing. We're not to be full of care. No matter what God allows in our lives, we should understand that he is in control. He knows what he's doing. And he will bring it all out to good in the end, as we'll see a little bit later in this message. We are to do so with thanksgiving. That is not worry, when trials come, we are to take it to God in prayer. I've already talked about this, but I can't emphasize it enough. When trials come, prayer should be our first resort, not our last resort. And when we come to him in prayer, we should 
come to him with thanksgiving. We say, Lord, I don't like what's coming up. I don't like what I'm going through, but I know you know what's best, and I'm thankful that I can trust you through it all, and I know that it will be for good in the end. When he allows the trials into our lives, he allows them because he wants to increase our faith in him. He wants us to grow in Christ and realize that we can trust him no matter what happens. Uh, Prayer and thanksgiving are the secrets to overcoming in trials. I don't mean overcoming the trials, but being overcomers as we go through the trials. And we can look back on the trials in our lives and we can say, hey, listen, God really blessed me here. When I went through that trial, I learned something from it. It helped me. It did something that was special in my life. If we'll look back, we'll see that almost every time. I can't think of a trial in my life that hasn't resulted in some sort of growth for me. I know it's hard when you're going through difficult times to to be thankful. But listen to what James said in James chapter 1 and verse 2. It says, My brethren, Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Now, that word temptations means we're tempted to do things, but it also means we're going through trials, and therefore we're tempted to do certain things. But we're supposed to have the right attitude when God brings trials into our lives. We're supposed to think correctly no matter how bad things are going. You know, it's hard when you're going through a trial. When you have financial issues, when you have health issues, when you have uh, lost a loved one, when you uh, feel all alone and, and, and like nobody cares, it's hard to, to count it all joy. But we're supposed to do that. Doing so shows our trust in God. It shows our trust in God to ourselves. I mean, God knows how much we trust Him, but it demonstrates it to Him also. But more importantly, it's a testimony to the lost world. You know, the best testimony you have is when you're going through trials. If you're going through a time when everything is just falling into place, everything is working the way that you want it to, the world looks at you and says, boy, are they lucky. They say, I wish I was as lucky as they are. Well, I don't believe in luck. I believe that God knows what he's doing, but but that's the way the world looks at it. But when you're going through trials and tribulations and you still have the right attitude and you can count it all joy and you can say, I don't like what I'm going through, but I know God knows what he's doing and I can have joy, not necessarily happiness, but inner peace and inner joy, that tells the world something. It shows that we trust God. We need to demonstrate to the world. You know, that's part of what we talked about earlier about publishing the mighty works of God. We are telling the world that our God is able to take care of us no matter what the circumstances may be in our lives, and it's an important testimony. We wonder why we have trouble reaching the lost when they don't see any difference in us. There's got to be something different. Here's something that I've mentioned before on this broadcast, but it's been a long time ago. You know, the persecutions in Rome when they were throwing the the Christians in the arenas for entertainment and allowing wild animals to tear them apart, that didn't stop because the uh, Roman government all of a sudden got really nice and said we shouldn't be doing this type of stuff. It stopped because the testimony those Christians had as they were torn apart by these animals and their faith and the strength that they had that God gave them at that time. You may not have it now, but if you need it, God will give it to you. Uh, But it was that that was causing other people to turn to Christ. 
and they stopped it because people were actually coming down out of the bleachers and jumping into the arena and saying, I want what those Christians have. See, our testimony is best when we go through trials. James also said in verse 12 of chapter 1, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive a crown of life, which the Lord hath promised uh, to them that love him. Remember, this promise is to them who love the Lord, and did not Jesus say, If you love me, keep my commandments? This means that if we love him, it will be seen by the way we live our lives, the way we follow his precepts and do what he says. Enduring temptation will result in our receiving a crown. It's called a crown of life. Whether we go through tribulation or not, or trials or not, uh, we still have eternal life. So I'm not going to try and get into what this crown of life is, but we will receive it. But it's to those who love him. It's those who, who are living for him. It's it's not just for anybody. Just because you're a Christian, you're not promised these things. You may be saved. You may be going to heaven. But it's when you uh, endure the temptations and you... And you, you uh, faithfully follow God through all of the things that happen in your life, that's when these promises are are for you. In Romans chapter 5, verses 3 and 4, it says, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. It's a very important passage considered with the one we just read in in James, because there are benefits to going through tribulations. Our trials work patience. That means they cause us to be patient. Well, what does patient mean? Sometimes we think it means to sit on our duff and wait for something to happen. That is not at all what the word means in the Bible. It it means to continue doing what's right, even though it doesn't make sense, even though it's difficult to do, even though you're going through trials. It's uh, not quitting and thinking that God is forsaking us. It's keeping on being faithful. If you want a great example of that, you can look at our Lord as he is as he suffered and kept on going. But you can also look at the Apostle Paul if you want to look at somebody who's not divine and see how he, in spite of all the tribulation in his life, in spite of all that he suffered, he just kept on keeping on because he knew that the trials of this life would seem light in the light of eternity and the rewards we will have there. Then it says, patient works experience. When we are patient and go through the trials, being faithful all the way, we learn some things. We learn that we can trust God. We can learn that he is faithful. He has said he would never leave us or forsake us, so we will have that assurance uh, as we go through and we see through experience that he keeps his word, that he does go with us through the trials. We also learn that his precepts are always right, even when they don't look like they're right, even we don't understand how they can work. What God says is always right. It's always the best thing to do, and we should always apply his principles in our life. Then experience works hope. And if you remember the definition of faith, faith is, first of all, the substance of things hoped for. Our hope is increased when we have experience and learn that God is faithful, and that increases our faith. You know, faith is like a muscle. If we don't use it, it gets weak. When we use it, it grows. We can glory in our tribulations because we know that God has allowed them in our lives to help us grow. 
He has allowed them so that we can uh, benefit from the trials and the tribulations that we go through. Uh, a verse that you probably can quote, or I'm sure you're at least familiar with, is Romans uh, chapter 8 and verse 28. It says, And we know all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. All things work together for good. It doesn't say all things are good, but all things work together for good. When God allows something in our life, there is something good that will come out of it at the end. It may not be good to go through it, but I want you to notice there are conditions. Them that love God, them who are called according to his purpose, those who love God and are trying to do what he says. Let me give you a couple examples from my life here. It was not good when my parents divorced when I was three years old. I still carry scars from that time in my life. However, without the divorce, I probably would not be saved today. You say, well, how is that so? Well, first of all, my father was a Mormon. Secondly, he was a Mason, and I would have likely followed him in both of those things. Secondly, my stepfather moved us across the street from a family that had boys just the same ages as the boys in my family. They had a boy for each of us, three boys. They didn't have any sisters for my girls, but they had boys our ages, and we became good friends. And it was because of that that I went to church and heard the preaching of the gospel and gotten saved. So you see, the pain of the divorce uh, was worth, in the end, the fact that I was able to get saved. Now, it's possible I would have got saved anyway, but uh, uh, it's not probable. Now, this one may seem a little bit frivolous to you, but it's really true. When I was growing up, I broke my arm twice. First, when I was nine years old, I was walking a tightrope and I fell off of it. I know you've heard this story before. Uh, one step further and I might not be here because there was a big spike that my head could have landed on, but I, I broke my wrist. And then three years later, I was doing something stupid. I dove off of a board onto a sand pile and was going to roll on my bad wrist, but my I didn't roll correctly, and I broke the growth bud off the elbow of my of my left arm. And as a result, uh, I could not do certain things. I cannot do pull-ups the way you have to do them in the military to join the airborne. And I wanted to join airborne. I wanted to go jump out of airplanes, which is a stupid thing. I know now but I wanted to go jump out of airplanes. I'd have probably been jumping out of airplanes in Vietnam instead of being a communications officer at a headquarters. But uh, one thing is for sure, if I had gone airborne, I would not have been where I was when I met my wife. And that's a very important thing to me because after salvation, the most important thing in my life, the, the greatest blessing that God's ever given me is the wife that he gave me. I still to this day have trouble understanding why God was so good to me to give me the wife that he's had. And come January 13th, we will have been married 60 years, and, and both of us would take another 60 if God would give them to, uh, to us. But you see, those things in my life were not good at the time. I mean, it was quite painful. When I broke my wrist, they had to help me to the house because, believe it or not, I couldn't even walk. The pain was so great. The second time, it wasn't th that bad. But, but that pain was not good. It didn't feel good at the time. But 
it worked out for good. And those are some frivolous examples. But if you look back in your life and you see the trials and the things that have happened in your life and look at them and say, what would have been different had I not gone through that? It might help you to understand what Romans 8.28 is talking about when it says all things work together for good to them that love God for them who are the called according to his purpose. Now, if you're a Christian, I want to give you the greatest reason to be thankful at this time of the year or any time of the year throughout all times. First Peter chapter 1 and verses 3 through 5 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible, and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. One of the greatest things for us as Christians uh, to be thankful for is the assurance of our salvation. The fact that we can know we're saved. Those who say we can't know don't know what the Bible says because John twice said that the reason that he wrote what he wrote was that we might know that we were saved. I'll get into that in another message sometime maybe. But those who have saving of faith have an everlasting inheritance. An inheritance that will never disappear. It's incorruptible. It cannot be corrupted. Nothing can mess it up. Uh, you know, the Bible talks about gold and silver and, and rust and things getting in and destroying things. And when I use rust, it means corrosion, not necessarily the rust we see on iron, but not gold. But they can't be corrupted. Our, our uh, inheritance is incorruptible. Nothing can mess it up. It cannot be defiled. It's undefiled. Nothing can come in there and make it filthy, make it dirty. It's, it's, it's clean. It's pure. It'll never fade away. We have it forever and ever and ever. It is reserved for us in heaven. Now, we get a lot of blessings in this life, but the blessings in this life are nothing to be compared with what we're going to have for all eternity uh, in, in heaven, those of us who are saved. And by the way, if you're not saved, what I'm saying doesn't pertain to you. This whole message does not pertain to you. You don't have these things to be thankful for. You can be thankful for your family and the, the good times you can have and things like this, but you can't be thankful for the spiritual blessings that you must be saved in order to have. So if you're not saved, you need to uh, get that problem taken care of immediately. You don't have any guarantee of tomorrow. Uh, you may not see this is Saturday. You may not see Sunday. You don't know. But God in his mercy saved us. And we have absolute assurance of that salvation and we have absolute assurance of its uh, permanence. Uh, Christ's resurrection is our assurance. The fact that he died, went in the grave, was in the grave three days and rose again bodily out of the grave. And uh, folks, that's one of the most well-attested historical facts of all ancient history is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Roman uh, uh, governors in different places wrote to each other about it. Uh, Josephus, a Jewish historian, talked about it. Uh, there's just a lot of evidence that Jesus did raise from the dead. But here's the thing that's so important that we can be thankful for. We're kept by his power and not by our own. If we were kept by our own power, we could lose our salvation. But his power cannot uh, be overcome by anything. 
Listen to what it says in this next passage. It's Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 39. It says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, but in all things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow, what a promise. We are so fortunate to have this promise. If you are truly saved, the greatest reason to be thankful this year and every year, no matter how bad things get, is we have a loving Heavenly Father who will take us through the trials of this life and will take us with Him forever uh, when we leave this life. As Christians, we have so much to be thankful for. I don't understand how anybody can be a Christian and not appreciate these things that God has done for us. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving and that you will have a year of Thanksgiving between now and next year. You have been listening to Solid Foundation Ministries from Lenore, North Carolina. Dr. Kuvert has 35 years in the ministry as a former missionary and pastor. He is available for revivals and various conferences on missions, Bible, Baptist heritage, and the family. To find out more, go to our website, solidfoundationministries.com, or call 828-244-6505. Remember, the Christian life is not about you. It's about God receiving the glory.